listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I want you guys to follow me today. And I want to show you something that uh, as I was fasting and praying, the Lord began to show me these scriptures uh, in the word. And we're going to cover this and take a minute again to share it. <clears throat> Good morning, Pamela. We're going to be talking about, and I, you saw the title, God has a secret to tell you. I'm going to be dealing today in this time of fasting and prayer with the secrets of God, how to gain access to the secrets of God. And more importantly, what do they do for you? when you gain access to the secrets of God? What does the Bible say about it? In fact, you'll be surprised to see how much the Bible actually does say about the secrets of God. And um, I'm gonna be showing you that today. But uh, if you missed our prayer points, every single day we're releasing prayer points on social media to kickstart your devotional time and to get you involved in prayer during this time of fasting, seeking the face of God. So uh, part of what we did, one of the prayer points we released today was asking the Lord that as we fast and pray and seek his face, that he would make known his secrets unto us. And um, many people don't realize that God has secrets, but he does. And the Bible teaches that he does. And so I want you to start with me. And by the way, as we're going through these, you can pop the scripture references in the comments section and uh, help those that'll watch later. But notice this, uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Look what the Bible says. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So notice the secret things are God's to reveal to whom he wants to reveal them and how he wants to reveal them. The secret things do not start belonging to us. The, the secret things belong unto the Lord, the Bible teaches. And so God, and, and of course we know this, obviously, God's wisdom is much higher than our wisdom. God's thoughts, in fact, that's what he even tells us in Isaiah chapter 55, uh, verses 8 and 9. If you read it, the Bible says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts, says the Lord. So he's telling us through the prophet Isaiah that his thoughts and his ways are far superior to our thoughts and our ways. That's why we're trying to get out of our own thoughts and to gain access to the mind of Christ because God's thoughts and his ways are so much more powerful than anything that we could ever think or conjure up in our own minds. And uh, I find it interesting that Moses, one of the most blessed men that ever lived on the face of the earth, the Bible says in the book of Psalms regarding Moses and the children of Israel, it breaks it down into two different sections. It says, God made known his acts or his actions unto the children of Israel, but he made known his ways unto Moses. Catch that. God made known his actions to the children of Israel, but he made known his ways unto Moses. 
Now, there is a big difference between uh, having someone's actions being made known to you and their ways. You know, you might see somebody do something and you've got no idea how they did it. No idea how they did it. How did you do that? You even ask them, how how in the world did you do that? And until they show you their ways, all you can do is benefit from their actions. One of the best examples of this is an old colloquialism that we've used for years. I'm sure you've heard it. And it goes like this. If you'll give a man a fish, he can eat for a day. But if you teach a man to fish, he can eat for a lifetime. You see that? That colloquialism is a perfect example of this principle that I'm talking about right now. Benefiting from the actions versus benefiting from the ways. So understand that by giving a man a fish, he eats for a day. He's benefiting from your actions. But the moment you teach him how to fish and give him the strategy and what you're actually doing is transferring into that person the ability to eat for a lifetime. What are they doing now? They're benefiting from your ways, not your actions. And so it's interesting, the same is true with the Lord. The children of Israel only benefited from his actions, but Moses benefited from his ways. And so when God makes known his secrets unto you, he is making known his ways unto you. And the secret things belong to the Lord. Now, as you go further, um, this is, this is a wonderful, wonderful scripture. Proverbs chapter three and verse 32, Proverbs three, 32. And if you're just logging on, and you haven't gotten a chance to share it yet, please do so. And I appreciate everybody that's joined with us. Look at this. For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. Proverbs 3.32. The perverse person is an abomination unto the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright, the righteous, those that serve him, those that seek him those that are living for him. His secret counsel belongs to them. Notice that it says that. You know why it says that? Because God is not making his secret counsel available to everybody. It's not for everybody. You know, in the same way that God spoke through his word to us and told us to not cast our pearls before swine. You've read that verse in the scripture. Don't cast your pearls before the swine. It means don't take the holy things of God that he's given to you and present them to those that don't care about holy things. Now, that doesn't mean don't preach the gospel to the unsaved. It's talking about don't make holy things available to those that just mock holy things or those that continually are rejecting the things of God. Don't keep putting your pearls before swine. Do you know even Jesus commanded his disciples along these lines. He didn't say, you know, if you go into a city and they reject the gospel, then just, you know, keep on doing it, keep on pressing. Sooner or later, they're going to receive the gospel. It's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you go into a city and they reject the gospel message that you preach, then you shake the dust off of your feet, remove your blessing from the city, and go somewhere else to preach it. That's what Jesus taught. So you don't continually cast your pearls before swine. Notice that when Jesus went back to his own hometown, Mark chapter six, and had a desire 
to work signs and wonders and miracles among his own people, they really were treating him with a great disrespect and unbelief, considering him to be a normal man rather than the son of God. And the Bible says something so interesting in Mark chapter 6. You can read the story in verses 1 through 6 for yourself. But it says, he could do no mighty works there except for laying his hands on a few sick people and healing them. But he marveled at their unbelief. Marveled at their unbelief. Well, notice what he did. He didn't stay there and keep trying to bang his head against a brick wall to get miracles to these people. The Bible says he left and started traveling through all of the regions and their synagogues teaching and preaching. He understood that they needed to hear the word preached. It's the cure for unbelief. And so what did he do? He didn't stay in Nazareth and keep banging his head against their unbelief. Say, well, you're going to get this. You're going to get this. You're going to get this miracle. No, he left. He told his disciples, if they don't receive it, leave. Go somewhere where they do receive it. Don't cast your pearls before swine. I said all that to say this, God's the one that commanded those things. And so he himself is not going to be different than what he commanded you to do. The reason he commanded you to do it and the reason Jesus did it and the reason the disciples did it is because that's how God does it. So if, they, if they're not supposed to cast their pearls before swine, God's not going to give his secret counsel to everybody. It's not for everybody. It's not for people who reject the word. It's not for Christians who reject the word. There are Christians that don't think it's important to obey the word. Literally, even with this hyper grace message that's been taught around the world and in our churches in America to people that say, well, you know, holiness isn't important and righteousness isn't important. And they treat the word of God like it's a suggestion rather than a command. God's not going to release his secret counsel to those that don't care about his word. He's not going to release his secret counsel to those that aren't seeking his face. It doesn't work like that. Uh, you know, Old Testament scripture, book of Jeremiah, God said to Jeremiah, when you search after me with your whole heart, you'll find me. When you search after me with your whole heart, you will find me. New Testament scripture, draw nigh unto me and then I'll draw nigh unto you. Book of James. Draw nigh unto me, and then I'll draw nigh unto you. So guess what? It is our responsibility as faithful believers to take the first step of pursuing God. You're not sitting back waiting for him to come find you and say, well, I'm just waiting for him to dump a blessing in my life. No, I'm going after him. That's what this time of prayer and fasting is about. This is proof of diligent seeking of God. Diligent seeking of God. And so the Bible says that if you'll draw nigh unto God, draw near to him first, then he will draw near unto you. Remember this, God has already taken the first step by sending Jesus Christ to die for you and for me. That was heaven reaching out to earth. He took the initiative and he didn't have to do it. There's nothing we could have done to force him to do it. He sovereignly chose to send Jesus Christ to this earth for the uh, removal or the remission of our sins. And so that was his step. Now he's saying, now you draw near unto me and then I'll draw near unto you. God's watching. Tr trust me when I tell you this. God is watching for people who are faithful, whose hearts are loyal to him. 
God wants to show himself strong and mighty on your behalf, and that's why his eyes are watching you. But he's searching, 2 Chronicles 16, 9, he's searching the earth to and fro to find people who, uh, whose hearts are loyal to him, the Bible says, on whose behalf he will show himself strong and mighty. So God's desire is to show himself strong and mighty on your behalf, but he only does it for those that he finds whose hearts are turned toward him, those that are seeking him, those that are diligently seeking him. And for those people, look what the Bible says, but his secret counsel is with the upright. His secret counsel is with the upright. Look at Psalm 25 and verse 14. I want you to see this. Psalm 25 and verse 14. Very powerful. The Bible says, The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. You see that? The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. Doesn't mean we're afraid of God. It means that we reverently respect and give him awe because of who he is. We reverently respect him. And if we reverently respect him, we are honoring his commands. We're doing what he said. We're seeking his face. And the Bible says that the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. So when you fear the Lord, and by the way, fear of the Lord is not something you say, it's something you do. Oh, I fear God. I'm a God-fearing man. No. People who fear the Lord, you don't, they don't have to tell you they fear the Lord. You can see that they do by how they act and how they conduct their life. And the secrets of God are with those who fear the Lord. Hallelujah. It is with those who fear him. Listen to this promise, Psalm 27 and verse 5. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Psalm 25, 14. I'll read it again. In the time of trouble, hallelujah, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. So I want you to understand this with me, that one of the benefits of God revealing his secrets to you is supernatural protection. Supernatural protection. That as God reveals his secrets unto you, he is protecting you from divine trouble. He may reveal his secrets to you so that you can pray and protect someone else from divine trouble. You know, this has happened to me. I was out um, playing in the street in Providence, Rhode Island as a little boy. And my father was up in his room. And as he's praying, the Lord showed him a picture of me and a car coming out on the street. And he began to pray until he felt the release in his spirit. And as he did, I ran back into the house, or he went, he came out to find me, and I was out there with a, my face was white. And he said, what happened? And I said, I was out here playing, and a, a car just zoomed past me on the street, almost hit me. Imagine what would have happened if he did not have the secrets of God revealed to him. If he had not prayed, imagine if the car would, would have hit me and killed me as a boy. 
I wouldn't be here teaching you today. What happened? The secret of God was revealed to him. And because it was revealed, he was able to pray and what happened? Divine protection. Happened again while I was in Bible school. I was on my way to work. I'd been up for 26 hours and I was driving to an eight hour shift at 11 p.m. And while driving, I fell asleep driving the car with no seatbelt on, pulled my car through three lanes of oncoming traffic, went through parking lots, ended up in the middle of a warehouse parking lot. I didn't hit one car. I didn't hit one telephone pole. I didn't hit a parked car. I didn't hit a person. I did not hit anything with no seatbelt on. I woke up in the middle of a warehouse parking lot, nothing around me. If anything had hit me or if I had hit anything, I'd be dead. But when I called my father, he said, today as I was praying, I saw you in a car crash and I began to pray. I began to pray until I felt a release in my spirit. Before Hours and hours before that had ever happened, the Lord revealed his secret unto my father and he began to pray. And he prayed until there was a release in his spirit. Hallelujah. Prayed until there was a release in his spirit. And then God protected me supernaturally. By the secret of God, my life has been spared. I am a direct uh, beneficiary of this promise that God will hide you in his secret tabernacle. The secret place of his tabernacle. Hide you in his pavilion. Set you high upon a rock. So when God's people seek him, he reveals his secrets to them. And as a result, they're divinely protected. So the first benefit, I want you to put in the comments, the first benefit, the verses, Samson, the verses are all in the comments section. The first benefit of the secrets of God, divine protection. He gives you his divine protection. Listen to Psalm 91.1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, you know, if you've ever read all of Psalm 91, it is a psalm of protection, supernatural protection. You don't have to, t- to fear uh, the arrow that flies by day, the terror, the terrors of the night. A thousand may fall at your uh, side, 10,000 at your right hand. These things will not touch you. These are all promises of protection for people who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. One translation says those that dwell in the shelter. But this translation says he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So I'm telling you, the first blessing of God revealing his secrets unto you is that divine protection belongs to you and your family in the mighty name of Jesus. In the time of trouble, he'll hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle, Psalm 27, 5. I love it. Divine protection belongs to you and it belongs to me by the power of God. Then I want to show you this. A second benefit and blessing of receiving the secrets of God, the secrets of God is supernatural blessing. It's not just supernatural protection, it's supernatural blessing. Notice what God told King Cyrus in Isaiah 45. This is Isaiah 45 verse three. I will give you the treasures of the darkness 
and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. What did God say he'd release to Cyrus? He said, I'll give you hidden riches in secret places. How did God know where they were? It's his secret. It's his secret. Remember, don't forget Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord. Hallelujah. The secret things belong to the Lord. And he will show you. He will show you how to be blessed. That's why I always use that wonderful scripture that's found in Isaiah 48, 17. It, the Bible says, I'm the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way you should go. How does he teach you to profit? He knows the secrets necessary to bring you into supernatural increase and gain because the secret things belong to the Lord. And as he reveals his secrets unto you, then you have the ability to increase and be blessed. And that's what happened for King Cyrus. The Bible says God will give, he said, I'll give you, I love this. I will give you the hidden riches. Do you know there's things that the devil's trying to hide from you? There are things the devil never wants you to find out about, wants you to be ignorant of. God said, I'll reveal those things to you and the secret riches. Hallelujah. I receive it in Jesus' name. Hidden riches in secret places. Let this be a year that as the secrets of God are revealed unto you, he gives you the hidden riches in the secret places. Hidden riches in the secret places in the mighty name of Jesus. It happens. I said it happens. I remember the story. There was a young man at Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's church that there was an issue online. Microsoft had revealed a, uh, an issue or a problem online that they couldn't figure out. And this boy is a teenager filled with the Holy Ghost was able to not only download and, and work on that code, God gave him the solution and he solved the problem, sent it back to them and they sent him a million dollars. Microsoft sent them a million dollars as a teenager, built his parents a house. What happened? How do you as a teenager figure out what other people can't figure out? You have access to the secrets of God. Access to the secrets of God. I remember my Uncle Tim telling a story about how he met this man at a hunting expo that while he was hunting in his, in his blind early in the morning before the sunrise, he was praying in the Holy Ghost. And the Lord spoke to this man and gave him an idea to build a custom hunting blind. And so the man went home, sketched it out, allowed an engineer to build a prototype and then took it down to a hunting expo to show it off the people that were coming in. And there was a man who owned a hunting ranch in Texas that came up and looked at his prototype of this hunting blind that's, that looked like an old rotted out tree trunk built from synthetic materials. And it was so realistic that like deer would actually come up in the wild and rub on it thinking it was a real tree. That, that realistic. And a man from Texas who owned a hunting ranch saw that man's product and bought out the whole stock and made the man a multimillionaire. What is that? What's going on? As the man was literally just sitting in a tree stand, praying in the Holy Ghost, God revealed unto him his secrets. And by hearing the secrets, he went home 
and activated by faith what God showed him in secret. And what happened? It brought increase into his life, made the man a multimillionaire by the power of God. The secrets of God will bring you the blessings of God. One of our partners and friends who's probably going to be here in the revival with us Thursday and Friday night, she testified last year. She said, I had no training in day trading or stock mar- or the stock market. And I began to see these letters by the Spirit. God was showing me these letters, and I didn't know what they meant. And when I began to Google these things, I realized that they were uh, the shortened abbreviations of um, corporations that are publicly traded, like on the NASDAQ. And so she said, the Lord began to show me uh, what to buy, what to sell. And so by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, she literally began to day trade with no experience, with no training, didn't go to college for it, didn't understand anything about it, but the Lord began to show her. The Lord began to show her. And then she testified, we had our first $1,000 profit week when she was here last year, and then shortly after, our first $2,500 profit week. And it just continued to increase. Why? Because when God reveals his secrets unto you, then his blessings are revealed unto you. God's the one who teaches you to profit. Isaiah 48, 17. He teaches you to profit. And he leads you in the way that you should go. And so when God, see, God's not doing this for everybody. It's for people that diligently seek him. That's why I'm telling you on this time of fasting and prayer, you should be expectant for God to reveal his secrets unto you. Let God reveal his secrets unto you. And as he does, get ready to have overflowing blessing. Hit your life in a new way, more than you've ever seen before. Hallelujah. By the power of the Holy Ghost, divine blessing coming upon your life as God reveals his secrets unto you. And that's his desire. He wants to. That's why I read you those other verses before we got into the blessings of the secrets. That's why I wanted you to see who his secrets are for. Proverbs 3, his secret counsel is with the upright. Psalm 25, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. Psalm 27, he shall hide us in his secret place. So you understand that who it's for. You understand it's for us. It's not for the sinner. It's not for those that don't fear the Lord. It's not for those that don't care about what his word says. How are we going to see violent increase this year? How are we going to see expedited favor? I'll tell you how. By gaining access to the secrets of God through our fear of the Lord, through our uprightness or our holiness, our righteousness, and through diligently seeking him. Why? Because he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want you to put it in the comments by faith right now. In 2020, I will receive divine rewards. I want you to put it in the comments right now. And don't be, don't be ashamed to declare it for the rest of the year. Put it in all capital letters. In 2020, I will receive divine rewards in Jesus' name. That's exactly right. In 2020, I will receive divine rewards. That's our statement of faith. Hallelujah. That's right. Pop it in the comments. In 2020, I'll receive divine rewards. As you're doing that, listen to this. Psalm 31, verses 19 and 20. Oh, how great is your goodness. 
which you have laid up for those who fear you. Once again, those that fear the Lord, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. So here's the third. Here is the third blessing of the secrets of God coming upon your life, coming into your life. God is keeping you supernaturally from every antichrist agenda that has been launched in the earth. He is keeping you and your family from every antichrist agenda that's being launched in the earth right now. Look what he said. The Bible says you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man. And if you think that there aren't people right now that are plotting the destruction of the church, that are plotting the destruction of Christianity. You know, I mean, my cousin showed it on his broadcast, and, uh, and, I'll, and I'll repeat it here. But Buttigieg was being asked, should churches be stripped of their uh, nonprofit status for refusing to marry same-sex couples? Absolutely. Absolutely. He didn't even hesitate He didn't even hesitate. Absolutely, they should be stripped. There should be no benefit and no tax break for those that discriminate. So what they're really saying, you know, if he was made president, what he's really saying is, I would take actions to literally attack the Christian church, to force them to do things that they believe are sinful, to do things that they believe would send them to hell. The government will force them to do them by trying to strip their ability to be a charitable organization. And if you think that an antichrist agenda just wants to stop there, look what they do in other countries where they've tried to make it illegal. I think it's been overturned now, if, if, if my information is right. But for years in Canada, it was such that if you publicly preached in your church against homosexuality, The first offense, you got a warning. The second offense, you got a $10,000 fine. And the third offense, you got jail time for preaching what the word of God says about sin. In Canada, you would get warned, then fined, then put in jail. And if you think that the devil doesn't want the same thing to be true in every nation of the world, that it's a sin to preach the word of God to the people of God, then you don't understand the devil. An anti-Christ agenda wants to shut down what God is doing in the world. An anti-Christ agenda wants to shut down God's plan on the earth, but he can't do it because God has the body of Christ here. And as long as we're here, we are the one who is restraining the spirit of Antichrist until we're removed out of the way during the rapture. And I'm going to tell you, as long as we're here in dominion and authority with the ability to fast and pray and study God's word, God has the ability to release his secrets unto us and to hide us in the secret places, not just from physical danger and accidents. That's the first thing we covered. The first blessing 
of receiving divine secrets from God is that you receive divine protection from harm and danger and accidents. Number two, that you receive supernatural blessings that are in the hidden secret places. But number three, as I'm reading to you here in Psalm 31, verses 19 and 20, God will hide you in the secret place of his presence from the plots of men. Well, let me tell you something. Anybody who would be plotting against you or Christians or the church at large are people who have fallen prey to an antichrist spirit and an antichrist agenda. And so the Lord is letting us know even in an old Testament setting, anybody that was anti-God, anti-Jehovah spirit, I will hide you. I will hide you in the secret place from the plots of men. And I tell you right now, and I I feel to to declare this by the power of the Holy Ghost, wherever you're at, I want you to lift your hands and receive it. I pray a kingdom prayer right now. This is what you would call a kingdom prayer, because although it, 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 it affects me on a smaller level and affects you on a smaller level, it affects God's plans on the national and international level. And I pray in the name of Jesus, come into agreement with me, that every plot and every plan against the church of Jesus Christ and against God's agenda on the earth in 2020 will be quickly destroyed by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered in the mighty name of Jesus. As smoke is driven away by the wind and as wax melts in the fire, Psalm 68 two, let every wicked plot and plan be blown away by the breath of God and let every wicked plot and plan against the church melt like wax in the fire by the fire of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' mighty name. Everything around the world that was planned to destroy God's people, to destroy the church, we take authority over it in the mighty name of Jesus and command it to burn up under the fire of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' mighty name. These groups of people in other nations that have decided to take action against um, the uh, people of God in other nations, Boko Haram, and, and groups like Boko Haram. We take authority over their action and their work in the mighty name of Jesus. I curse their work in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and command it to come to nothing in Jesus' name. Somebody needs to jump in on this and agree with me that every person who seeks to bring terror to the earth, that's an antichrist agenda. I command every plot and plan to be foiled and destroyed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Every MS-13 gang member that's tried to come across the border and to wreak havoc in America, walking into places with machetes and chopping people up, I curse it in the name of Jesus Christ. And I command every plot and plan that is sent with an antichrist agenda to come to nothing in 2020 in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I curse every antichrist group and every antichrist agenda. As Paul brought the curse down in Acts chapter 13, I command the same thing to happen quickly by the power of God. Every person who made plans to kill babies and children 
of the righteous, to kill God's people, to take them captive, to kidnap them, to slaughter them publicly, to make them spectacles of destruction. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ, and I command it to come to nothing and to burn up under the fire of the Holy Ghost in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, and we declare it to be done. In Jesus' name. I said in Jesus' name. If you believe it, throw hands in the comments section and declare it's done in Jesus' name. We're praying kingdom prayers and we're declaring no wicked thing, no evil thing is coming to pass against God's people in 2020 in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, God is revealing his secrets to his people. And as he does, third benefit of God's secrets is the Bible declares that he will hide us and keep us from the plots of men. Every plot, that's where we come against it in Jesus' name. The people of God come against the plots of the devil and the plots of wicked men and women, which do fill the earth. There are wicked, if you think that there's people that are Christians and then there's just people that just don't go to church, you're wrong. It's not that there's just people that don't go to church. Let me tell you the three kinds of people that are on the earth in case you've never heard this. Three kinds of people and they can all be seen. Let me take you to Acts 13 if you've never seen it. Go with me because this, the church needs to understand this. The church needs to clearly understand this. Acts chapter 13. And this story will stir your faith and understand how you should operate in this generation. Acts 13. Listen to this. Acts chapter 13 and verse 4. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, Barnabas and Saul went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had, and they had John to assist them. Verse 6, when they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, a certain magician, a demon-possessed, wicked man, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. And he was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence. There's the second type of person. Who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. So let me break this down to you. In, in, in one context uh, of scripture here, Acts 13, you see three types of people. Number one, Barnabas and Saul, godly people who have a desire to do the will of God. That's the first type of person, a godly person who has the desire to do the will of God. But then you see a second type of person, Sergius Paulus, the governor. He's an unbeliever who needs the gospel to be preached unto him. He's an unbeliever who needs the gospel. So the second type of person in the world is someone that's an unbeliever who needs the gospel to be preached to them so they can be saved. But then there's a third type of person that nobody talks about. And that is just like this sorcerer, Bar-Jesus, a wicked, anti-God, anti-Christ man who desires to 
to silence the church and desires to silence the gospel and desires to silence the work of the Holy Spirit in the earth. Look at the story. The Bible says they encountered this false prophet. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence, who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But, verse 8, Alemus, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them. He opposed them knowingly. It was his plan to oppose them. He opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Notice his desire. You're here to preach the gospel to the governor, but I'm here to turn the governor away from the gospel so that he never becomes a Christian, so that I can manipulate what he does by demonic power and take control of a region by demonic power. Look at this. Seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith, but Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, looked at him intently and said, you son of the devil, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the paths of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you and you will be struck blind and unable to see the sun for a time. And immediately mist and darkness fell upon him. And he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. And then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. I want you to hear this. There are three types of people. You say, how could you pray against people? How could you pray against people? Because not everybody is just simply an unbeliever who needs Christ. There are people, I mean, I don't know how people don't know this in the age of the internet. I literally don't understand how people don't know what's going on behind the scenes in the age of the internet. When you can see clearly, when there are things that you can research for yourself, there are literally, I mean, you go on Netflix, they're making documentaries about these things, about people who have perverted the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, they they just released a documentary about a group of people who have uh, literally manipulated being a follower of Christ to take power in Washington, D.C., called the family. And they believe that Jesus didn't come for everybody. They only came for the elite and that he only came for the elite and the powerful and tried to use the teachings of Christ to take control and manipulate the world. I mean, there are wicked people, let alone the people that have devoted themselves to Satan, who knowingly and actively oppose the the gospel and Christ. I mean, you look right now, there's a movement of Satanists in America. You look, Google the news right now. Google it in the news right now and see the articles that have been written about people that are trying to use laws about discrimination to go into every city of America that has any kind of a statue or a sign or anything that's Christian that has to do with God or Christ that's biblical and say, well, if you allow that, you have to allow what we want to do and trying to set up statues of Satan throughout the cities of America. If you don't think that there aren't people who are actively trying to push a demonic satanic agenda in the earth, 
not because they're just an unbeliever that just chose not to go to church. If people think that, they don't know, they're insane. Well, he's just an unbeliever. He doesn't know any better. No, he knows better. He's actively trying to destroy the work of God, the third type of person. And it's completely scriptural to not only pray against their work, but to curse their work and to command it to come to nothing. And look what Paul did in the midst of him. You know why, you know why God did it? God cares more about the people who need his gospel than those people who actively are causing it to be withheld. There was a president recently of another nation in Central America who said every Christian missionary must leave the nation and there will be no Christian missionaries holding crusades in this nation. We'll not have the gospel preached like that. It was a short time and he was dead, Hugo Chavez, dead and removed from the nation after sending every Christian missionary out. God cares more about the nation receiving the gospel than someone who would try to stand in place to hold it back from them. And Paul knew it and commanded blindness to come upon this magician, this wicked sorcerer. And immediately, notice, it didn't take a matter of 30 days. Immediately, he was struck blind. That's scriptural. And that's in the New Testament. Well, God doesn't do those kinds of things in the New Testament. That's New Testament, book of Acts. And it's, this is the kind of prayers that we need to pray. These are the kind of things we need to be, be declaring. As We're not to sit back and let all these destructive things happen. You have faith. Your faith can change the natural. Your faith can change reality. You don't have to just say, well, you know, I'm going to be destroyed because that's just the way of the world. You know, in other nations, we just know that they're just going to keep being. Step out in faith and declare. You know, people think just because, people think just because Jesus said there'd be persecution and people think that just because there are some who have been martyred, which God says a blessing comes upon those that give their life for the gospel's sake, they think that that means that anytime there's persecution that we just need to take it that we just need to sit back and take it because it's prophesied. Well, you know, these are the last days and many will be killed by terrorists and those that don't like the things of God. And they think that because it's prophecy that persecution's coming, that we have to just sit back and be killed by those that come out to, to, uh, you know, to activate the persecution. But that wasn't the story, was it, in the Bible? That wasn't the story of Daniel and the lion's den. That was active persecution to destroy God's man. And he didn't say, well, you know, there is persecution for following God. There is persecution for, you know, praying every day and not being ashamed of my faith. So I'll see you in heaven so shortly, Lord. I mean, these lions are going to eat me. No, they threw him into the lion's den and the power of God was upon the man and the lions had to shut their mouths in the mighty name of God, Jehovah God. They had to shut their mouths and lay down and be quiet until the next day. And they lifted him out of the pit without a scratch on his body. And it, just to prove to you that, it, that the lions weren't just not hungry, they threw the wicked men into the pit. And the Bible says before their bodies hit the ground, the lions broke the bones in their body and ate them till there was nothing. It wasn't the case, was it, for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that the king said, if you don't bow to my anti-God statue and worship it when you hear the music play, I'll cast you into a fiery furnace. It wasn't the story for them, was it? Because the Bible says they refused to the king's face. I refuse to bow to an anti-God agenda. 
and the power of the Holy Ghost was there even in an Old Testament setting. And they threw those men into a furnace that had been heated even hotter than it was before. And they got up and walked around in the middle of the fire. And just to let you know, same way they did with the in the Bible with the, the lions, just so you know it wasn't a fluke. Well, maybe the lions weren't hungry. Well, maybe the fire wasn't that hot. Maybe it wasn't that big of a fire. The, the Bible tells us that the guards that were throwing them into the furnace, the fire was so hot that the flames jumped out of the furnace and killed the guards that were throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire. Yes, there was persecution, but did they die? No. They stood in power and the fire couldn't touch their body. The only thing the fire could do, burn off their bonds, that they stood up. They weren't tied up anymore. They stood up in the fire and began to walk around. And the king looked in and said, I see a fourth man in the fire. Looks like the son of God. And I'm telling you that persecution was there, but guess what? Didn't matter. They didn't die. They didn't have to die. Was Jesus persecuted? Yes, but they couldn't kill him. He gave his life. People misinterpret this all the time. Well, you know, you say that, but you know, they killed Jesus. They didn't kill Jesus. Jesus said, I have the power to lay my life down and the power to take it back up again. Think about this. If they had taken Jesus' life from him, he would not have had power to take it back. He said, no man can take my life. I have the power to lay it down and the power to take it back up again. And to prove this point to you, look how in the Bible, they tried assassination attempts multiple times before the cross. The Bible says that when they got offended at Jesus' teaching, many people picked up stones to stone him. How many stones hit the body of our Savior? Not one. How many rocks hit him in the head? Not one. Why? Because you can't murder the master. Another time they got angry at his teaching and he claimed to be the son of God. And so the Bible says a mob of men ran him up a hill to a cliff to push him off the cliff so that he'd plummet to his death. And the Bible says he just passed through the crowd, just walked right through every persecuting person and walked on in safety. Nobody grabbed him. Nobody touched him. Nobody hurled him off a cliff. It's not that they didn't try to kill Jesus before the cross. They tried and failed because you can't murder him. He said, I've got the power to lay my life down and the power to take it back up again. And one of the benefits of the secrets of God that I'm teaching in this session today is that the power of God comes upon you to protect you from every anti-Christ agenda and every anti-Christ purpose and person that's plotting against the church, against you individually, and against the move of God as a whole around the world. It will come to nothing in 2020 in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Every anti-Christ plot, every anti-Christ agenda, it falls flat on its face in 2020 in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And that's a benefit of receiving the secrets of God. Let me go on further. I'm about to pray for you. Hallelujah. The Bible even says in Amos chapter 3 and verse 7, that God will do nothing on the earth unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. So notice, in order for God to even move, he has to reveal his secrets to the prophets. Understand this, when you gain access 
to the secrets of God, you gain access to the move of God. That's number four. When you gain access to the secrets of God, you gain access to the move of God. There's going to be a mighty move of God in your life and in your home in 2020 in the mighty name of Jesus. God is revealing his secrets to you and it it reveals his move to you and your family in 2020. Number four, the fourth blessing that comes with the secrets of God, the move of God. The Lord will do nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. He'll do nothing. Hallelujah. Listen to this. I mean, God moved so mightily in the life of Job. This is amazing. Everybody always looks at Job's life and says, see, that that just proves to you that, you know, God doesn't protect you from, no, that's not what the story of Job is about. And people, people can't even fully dissect it and understand it. You go to the end of the book of Job and you know what Job said? Everything I said was wrong. I was speaking about things I had no knowledge of and I repent. (laughs) God allowed people to rebuke him for multiple chapters. And when people were done rebuking him, God started rebuking him for the things he said. God blessed Job, not to mention the stuff that took place in his life happened in a very short period of time, and then he lived much, much longer than that and was blessed with a double portion of what he lost. Double portion. But we we ask ourselves the question, how was Job so blessed? How did he get to the place, even before he had the issue, that he was so blessed? Look what Job himself said. Job 29 and verse 4. He said, as I was, one translation says, oh, that I were in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. Oh, that I were, as in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. Job was saying that the secret of God was literally on his house and that the secret of God caused him to prosper and to be blessed. The secret of God was upon my tabernacle. When God reveals his secrets to you, he's revealing himself to you. And this is going to be a year. That's why we're starting in prayer and fasting. This is going to be a year that you will see the secrets of God in your life as you seek him. He'll reveal the secret things to you. I remember hearing a story. I'll tell you this story before we pray. God wants to, let me just say this before I tell the story. God wants to show you things in advance. Doesn't want you to be taken off guard by what's to come. He wants you to see things in advance. And I read, I was reading a story that Brother Hagin wrote in one of his books, Kenneth E. Hagin. If you haven't read about him or read any of his books, you need to get them. Powerful man of God. And he said he was woken up by the Lord early one morning in his home. And he sat up. And as he sat up, the Lord began to speak to him. He took out a pen and a pad. And he said, uh, the Lord said, there's a financial recession that is coming to America. But if you'll do the things that I'm showing you today, it will come, but it will not affect you. And what what his words were, you'll not feel it. And then the Lord began to give instructions to Brother Hagin. And he wrote them down in his notebook. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. Step by step, he gave him instruction. And he went into his offices that day and made the changes. I need to do this, 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 and this. 
and he made all the changes immediately. How did it come? By the secrets of God. He said, then as the Lord prophesied to him in that private revelation, him speaking, the recession did come to America. He said, and it affected many ministries significantly. Many had to stop their uh, ministries on television, their outreaches, many things. They had to, they had to stop them. He said, but in the time when the recession hit, we didn't feel the recession in one area of our ministry, not one. He said, in fact, it was during the time of the recession that all of the money that we needed to build the Rama campus came in cash. And we built the Rama campus cash during a time of the recession. We weren't moving back. We were moving forward. How in the world do you move forward in a time of lack and recession? You hear the secrets of God ahead of time. That's why I want to encourage you right now, every person that's watching, God wants you to hear his secrets ahead of time. He wants to hear, he wants you to hear his secrets ahead of time so that he can prepare you for the blessing when others are not blessed. Because not everybody's going to be blessed, but you will be blessed for your faithfulness in Jesus' mighty name. Listen to me, not just because someone's story doesn't match your story, it doesn't have to change your story. That's a powerful thought, and it might sound complex. Let me say it again. Just because someone else's story doesn't match your story does not mean it has to change your story. You'll hear people all the time say stuff like this. Well, you know, brother, I knew so-and-so, and he was a godly man, and he died of cancer. Or, you know, I, brother, I knew so-and-so. He was a man of prayer, and he died in a plane crash. How can you confess total protection? And you say, you know what? I didn't realize that their lives were the word of God. I didn't, I didn't realize that that man was my ultimate uh, role model. I thought Jesus was. I thought the word of God was my uh, mirror of what life should look like. Stop letting other people's story be the thing that governs yours. Your story is defined by your faith in the word of God. I don't care what's happened to somebody else. That's not me. And that's not coming to pass in my life in Jesus' name. Psalm 91, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but these things will not touch you. Needs to be your confession. Needs to be your story. And how does God do it? Yeah, Andrew's saying it on the, on the comments. He's heard that argument so many times and many people have. Well, how could you believe that when this happened to so-and-so? I believe it because the Bible says it. My beliefs, you know, you, you, you would be extremely foolish to let your doctrine be governed by what happened in someone's life. Well, you know, so-and-so was praying for healing for three years, never received their healing and ended up dying of that thing. So how, you, how do you believe God's going to heal? Because my healing is not determined by what someone else did or did not receive. Even if every person around me received perfect healing, that's not the thing that causes me to receive my healing. I am healed because the word of God says I'm healed, and that's it. No one else's story determines my story or yours. And the secrets of God allow you to have a different story when everyone else looks different than you. Allows you to be blessed when everybody else is in a mess. The secrets of God. I want to pray for you that are watching because I want you to be in a position to receive 
the secret counsel of God, like the Bible teaches. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person watching right now. Let their ears be open in the spirit. Let their eyes be open in the spirit. Let them hear and see what you're saying and what you're doing. Let us be the ones that are in position to receive the secrets of God before time runs out. Let us be on the cutting edge of what you're doing in the earth in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let us be on the cutting edge of what you're doing in the earth in Jesus' name. And as we hear the secrets of God, I thank you, Lord, that we will quickly walk into the protection of heaven, the blessings of heaven, being exempted from the antichrist agenda that is sweeping through the earth. And I thank you, Lord, that increase is coming upon every one of God's people that are faithful to his word in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, and I give you praise for what you're doing in Jesus' wonderful and powerful name. Amen. Amen. I want you to declare it in the comments. Every person watching on Periscope, YouTube, and Facebook, I hear the secrets of God clearly. I hear the secrets of God clearly in the mighty name of Jesus. Put it in the comments right now. I hear the secrets of God clearly in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I can hear them clearly. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, I want to encourage you right now. Every person that's watching, take a step of faith and sow a seed today. Let me tell you one thing that's got me stirred up right now in this time of fasting and prayer. This is your promise as you're getting ready to sow a seed. Psalm chapter one has been jumping around in my spirit all day yesterday, all day today. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree. This is your story. Planted by streams of water that will bear fruit in every season and its leaf does not wither and in all that he does, he prospers. Don, you can put that lower third up. If you want to give today, you have an opportunity to sow a seed in this time of prayer and fasting to say, God, I am ready to see your favor upon my life this year. I am ready for debts to be canceled. I am ready for my finances to go to the next level. I am ready to have that stress going paycheck to paycheck lifted off of my shoulders. So I want you to step out. Here's your story. You're going to bear fruit in every season. Your, your leaves will never wither. Hallelujah. You know what that means? It means you don't decrease, you increase. You're not going to decrease in 2020. You're not going to diminish in 2020. You will increase in 2020 in Jesus' name. And you'll prosper, the Bible says, in all that you do. And so there's multiple ways you can get involved. If you're watching on Periscope or Facebook, you can give by putting hashtag donate in the comments section to sow a seed that way. You can use the cash app with the cash tag MWGive. It's right there on the screen, MWGive. If you'd like to give by PayPal, the, in, the email address for PayPal is on the screen as well. And then many people are using MiracleWord.com, sowing their seed right on the website or partnering with us on a monthly basis. By the way, I always remember to, to uh, mention this because there are people that always ask about it. If you'd like to write a check and sow a seed by check in the mail, you can send the check to P.O. Box 65116, 
Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23467. That address is on our website as well at the bottom, at the footer of every page. You can find the mailing address. But however you sow a seed today, sow a seed by faith and get ready for the blessing that God has for you. Now, for every person that is sowing $100 or more this month, we're going to give you this book we're sending you in the mail entitled God's Chosen Fast. This is our gift to, uh, to you for any seed of $100 or more, God's Chosen Fast. And in order to claim this offer, there's the address on the screen. You can see it, miracleword.com forward slash offer. Miracleword.com forward slash offer. And when you go to that web address, after you sow your seed of $100 or more, you can claim this gift that we're going to send you. This book, God's Chosen Fast, is one of the greatest books written on fasting and prayer for the Pentecostal believer in the history of the Pentecostal church by, by Arthur Wallace. God's Chosen Fast, it will open your eyes to things you have never seen before about fasting and prayer and strengthen your faith. So we want to bless you and send this to you for every person sowing $100 or more. And in order to receive this book, go to that web address, miracleword.com forward slash offer so that we have your mailing address. Because remember this, uh, if you give by Cash App or PayPal, other methods like that, we may not have your mailing address. So so that we can receive your mailing address to get it to you, please fill out the form on that webpage, miracleword.com forward slash offer. You can bring it back to me, Don. Thank you. And then for every person that is sowing $1,000 or more, we're going to send you as well as that book, a leather, genuine leather, New Living Translation Bible that I'm going to sign to you just to tell you that we love you. I love a genuine leather Bible. There's nothing like it. And uh, we're going to send you one. The New Living Translation is one of my favorite translations of the Bible. And uh, I love it. And we're going to send it to you to say thank you. So those two things will be available to anyone sowing $1,000 or more. Let me encourage you strongly today to partner. Thank you, Brother Al, for sowing a seed. Let me encourage you to partner with us, to stand with Carolyn and me as we're doing what God's called us to do. We've prayed and asked the Lord to send us 1,000 people that would give at least $85 a month or $1,000 a year to stand with us to see the gospel preached around the world as we touch hundreds every day, feeding people. Now, we're getting ready to touch uh, millions, over 120 million homes every week with the gospel of Jesus Christ on television on four continents of the earth. I mean, it's supernatural. And so what you're getting involved with is a soul-winning ministry that's going after the lost and strengthening believers all over the world. I saw Coco asked, uh, will you ever come to Europe? I'm coming to Europe right now tentatively, Coco. I'm coming to Europe in June. My plan is to come to Manchester in June uh, for a week. And so those details will will be coming up. Um, soon we'll release them on the website as we confirm the dates this month. Uh, but my plan is to come hold revival in England, in, in the city of Manchester, uh, in the month of June. And so we'll let you know more about it, uh, as, as we're getting closer, but my plan is to go everywhere. God opens the doors that he directs me to go. So there's, there's not a place that I I won't go if God directs me to go there. And uh, we're doing everything we can to see this nation shaken and other nations shaken before Jesus comes back. And uh, I love you guys so much, and I'm so proud of you. I commend you. 
What a great group of people we had watching the broadcast today. I commend you for getting involved in fasting and prayer. I, I, I'm telling you, I thank God for you. You're the cream of the crop when it comes to God's people on the earth that will diligently seek him. People who don't treat God like he's a hobby. People who don't treat God like he's a side piece in the kingdom, but that actually diligently seek him. I thank God for you. I thank God for every one of you. Thank you very much, Julie. Thank you, Ann. Thank you, Al. God bless you, Coco. Thank you for sowing. Thank you for standing with us. I love you very much. And uh, listen to me. This is going to be the greatest year you've ever seen by faith in Jesus' name. Don't miss what God has for you because you're going to take your foot off the gas pedal or put life on cruise control. Don't do that. Press in and watch to see what God will do. Coco, I wanted to ask you, what part of Europe are you in? Are you in Italy? Where are you? Let, let me know where you're at. I'd be, very, I'd be very interested to know. I love Western Europe. I've not gotten a chance to be a, uh, in Eastern Europe yet, but I will be. By faith, I will be. Tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, we're going to be back live again for night three of Revival right here in Roswell, Georgia at World Harvest Church. And uh, man, I'm telling you, my faith has been stirred and I'm the minister preaching, but it's been powerful every night and things are happening. And I want to, I want you to make plans to come and be a part of this meeting, no matter where you're at. It's an easy place to get to. And so all the details are on the website, miracleword.com. And uh, you can easily get to Atlanta and then come to Roswell. But I want to encourage you to come. We're here through Friday night, every night at 7 o'clock, and every day at 10.30 a.m. We're right here in Roswell at uh, World Harvest Church. And then starting Sunday through Wednesday, I'll be in the Bronx, New York. And God's going to be moving in New York. And then, of course, as I said, Friday night, next Friday night, I'll be joining my father in Raleigh, North Carolina at the Raleigh Convention Center. All the details are online. Don't miss these meetings. Start your year right. Start your year in revival by the power of God. And it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful year. I love you guys so much. Um, did Coco write back? What part of Europe are you in? I'm just wondering. Amen. Thank you, Julie. Praise God, Giovanna. That's right. Any questions about anything that we taught or preached today? that you want clarity on, I'll give you just about two minutes for questions if anybody has any of them. God bless you too, Abasa. Thank you for watching. Billion, God bless you too. Billion, who, who is that? Do I, do I know you? What's your full name? I always see you coming on, but I don't know who it is. Amen. God bless you, Letty. Stay strong in fasting and prayer. That's right. Stay strong. Press in. In fasting and prayer, God has a plan to bless us. God has a plan to bless us. <laughs> you think it's Paris, Billion? I think it's France. I'm not sure where Coco's from. Hopefully she tells us. And I'm just assuming it's a woman because it's Coco. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Do you think that if they killed Jesus instead of him giving his life, then he would have ended up dying at the whipping post? Um well, no, I, I don't think it was possible, Alicia. I, th I think, I don't think it was possible for them to kill Jesus. That's the point I was making. God gave him the power to lay down his life and the power to take it back up again. It was, that's why I preach, it's impossible to murder the master. You can't kill him. He was more powerful. I mean, when they came to take him away in the garden of Gethsemane, all he said, he said, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He just said, I am. And when he said, I am, 
Every soldier in the battalion fell to the ground, incapacitated. You just, you don't have the power. Coco's saying, I'm a very shy person. I don't want you to, so shy that you won't even let us know what nation you're from. (laughs) That's fine. Hopefully you can come when I'm in Europe, Coco. God bless you. And so I don't think they had the ability to kill Jesus. I think that he was more powerful. He had a name that was above every name, filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Nobody could stop him. No one could stop him. He had to literally stay silent through his entire trial so that they could carry out his sentence, knowing that if he would have just spoken one thing, then angels would have come and delivered him, even on the cross. So he stayed silent and let that thing play out because it was prophecy and it was the redemption story. He loved you enough to not confess his way out of that attack. And he was too powerful. It's a phenomenal question. Wow. That's amazing. I just popped up in your YouTube recommendations by accident, by accident, quote unquote. That's amazing. Well, I hope to see you this week. Hope to see you this week. Alicia's asking, will you be coming to Rhode Island or Massachusetts this year? Absolutely. I'll be in Massachusetts this year in the fall, Alicia. And maybe even before then. Praise God. Well, I love you guys. Thanks for joining me today. I really, really appreciate you guys being with me every day at 1030 a.m. Monday through Friday. I love you. Let me encourage you. Go watch my cousin Jonathan's uh, live broadcast from Champion Christian Center, Washington, Pennsylvania. Uh, Day six of the fast. They're live for their afternoon service. Search his page. You'll find it. It'll stir your faith and it'll get you ready for what God has for tonight. I love you guys. Have a phenomenal day. I'll see you tonight at 7 p.m. right here on Facebook. Uh, at World Harvest Church. Love you guys. Be blessed. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.